0: Stay shroomed 24-7 Seven. Seven. Visit shroom.com for the best in shrooms Stay shroomed 24-7 Listen to Shroomed Podcast Visit Shroom.com for the best
1: in shrooms Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 9 of the Shroomed Podcast Today we have Uh, our second guest ever on the shroomed podcast i'm excited uh for this guest he actually i actually heard him on the dopey podcast from dave who was actually my first guest so this guest i'm excited to announce is an ex disney star star of the movie mighty ducks star of the movie heavyweights uh and actually one of my uh idols when growing up I was a big kid growing up and I remember looking up to this guy um, because he was a bigger kid as well so uh, my next guest is Sean Weiss and on his road to recovery um, you know he talks about psychedelics um, his thoughts on psychedelics in recovery his thoughts on marijuana on recovery and um, a trip he had actually taking a dab And then we also talked about meditation and spiritualness, um, spirituality. So I'm really excited for this episode. And please bear with me. You do have to um, turn the volume up a little bit on this episode. Uh, But thank you again, guys. shroomed.com, shroomed underscore podcast on Instagram. Please shoot me a follow, guys. Um, Talk to me. It's just me. And I want to talk to you guys. I want to hear from everyone. Um, Again, shroomed underscore podcast on Instagram and shroomed.com and thank you again Sean for coming on the episode and I look forward to um, staying connected with you um, in life and go out and see Sean um, he's doing stand up now in LA um, so you may see him around there and if I um, said anything as to offend anyone these are all opinions um, I don't know you know Yeah, all my opinions thank you guys
2: Wait a second. All right. Yes, I am now recording, too.
0: Cool, man. So we got the Shrooms podcast and a very special guest today. We got Sean Weiss.
2: Hey. Uh,
0: from from Disney movies, Mighty Ducks, Heavyweights. Um, what's going on, Sean? My, uh, this podcast is a little different. It's about uh, psychedelics and integrating mushrooms and, and psychedelics into your everyday life. That's why
2: I was interested uh, in it. <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely so and I'll finish telling you kind of my story I, I in 2020 um, you know with everything COVID and working from home um, along with my dad passing just I started drinking a lot man drinking yeah. every day any bottle a day my, him my girl since high school and she was like you know you gotta do something so um, ended up stopping and, uh, mushrooms helped me, man. I started micro dosing, uh, macro dosing sometimes and did some DMT and, and that was my awakening right there. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast.
2: You're um, welcome, dude. That's great that, um, that the like psychedelics were able to kind of, uh, like kind of shake you by the shoulders a little bit, so to speak, and be like, Hey, stop that. Cause that's kind of, yeah. it's kind of what would happen to me, like. Uh, when I was like in the worst part of my drug addiction, um, I wasn't smoking weed at all. And I used to smoke weed like my whole life. And then when I started using harder drugs, I stopped smoking weed. So every once in a while, while I was out there, I would get a joint or a, a pipe or some, you know, bowl of weed and I would smoke some weed and it would shock me. I'd be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? How is it possible that I'm doing meth? How is it possible that I'm on heroin? I'll never do it again and then the weed wears off and it's, you know, back to the same old bullshit. So I can definitely though identify with um, you know, the psychedelics and stuff taking you out of that, you know, poisonous um, cycle of the, the alcohol.
0: That's that's interesting that you say that because I've heard a lot of people say that that they've had a psychedelics experience on, on marijuana or on on concentrates and, and oh it yeah, for a long time, and then, you know, have that kind of hit, and, and that's, that's interesting that it happened to you.
2: Well, it's, you know, I, I had mentioned that to you, that's not really the exact experience I was just talking about, but I definitely had uh, an experience, I would, definitely the the most, I don't know if it was a spiritual awakening, whatever, but I was at a point where um, I wasn't using any THC, so I didn't have any tolerance at that point, and I went to a friend's house, And she's like, hey, you want to do a dab? And I'm like, yeah, why not? I trust you. (laughs) And she, she, dude, I'm telling you, I must have, it was the biggest bong rip I've ever taken in my life. And now that I look back, it's like an insane size dab she gave me. And for a beginner, you know what I mean? And I'm telling you, I, I it hurt, bro. It physically hurt. I coughed for like two minutes. And at the end of it, by the time I was done coughing, I looked up and like, I don't know what it did to me man but I had like this enhanced perception and I had like this weird kind of like god consciousness where for the first time in my life like the space between me and somebody else I could see the space like it wasn't just emptiness I could see like the the ener- like the particles that that were that made up the distance between me and you and that's like a it's a big shift to, to think, you know, that there's all this other stuff in between, and then, I don't know. I got this feeling, um, definitely a spiritual feeling, like I, like I had, like it was the first time I experienced God, and it definitely made took me from being somebody that was uh an atheist to somebody that wasn't at, off of this experience, and definitely. Um, you know, even though it was even though it was just weed, the the level of THC or whatever, I don't know, but it definitely brought my brain to that level of like the psychedelic, uh, you know, where your where your the doors of perception open up. So it was very similar to, to doing a psychedelic. That's pretty amazing. That almost reminds
0: me of like me taking D M T able to see,
2: like, you see, like, the geometrical shapes, like, you see the connection. Yes,
0: like, yes. I looked up at the sky and seen, like, all the stars connected, and, like, just start crying. And was yeah, like, wow.
2: and that's what, and we do start crying because you know, there's, like, this sense of aloneness sometimes, and then when we have these experiences, we have this overwhelming sense of connectedness, right? So we're like, not only are we not alone, but we're connected to every single thing, and I also got this feeling that I'll never forget that was, like, you know, in like uh when you go to a bowling alley when there's like a little kid's party, they'll put those little uh things down in the gutters so that it's impossible to throw a gutter ball, you know, yeah. like those little safety things. I had this feeling that my entire life uh God, had been those things and that I had been shooting myself into the gutter my whole the whole time and was prevented from going into the gutter and had didn't even know. That this um, that this uh, uh, support was there guiding me the whole time, my entire life. So having that uh, realization um, after this experience, and these experiences are tricky, right? Because how do we know what's real and what's a hallucination? So after I had that experience, and like, I mean, I could go into like really other things that happened during it, but very weird things happened and so after that experience whenever i hear somebody tell me about something that happened to them i'm not i don't doubt them you know what i mean i believe that in their experience that happened like if somebody you know i hear stories about oh i uh, I, you know i was in the middle of a robbery and i saw jesus and i'm like oh my god you're absolutely insane (laughs) because until you have one of these experiences it's almost like hard to hard to believe you know do you think what
0: happened because I know when they say, like, we have those experiences on psychedelics or, or like, when we're dreaming, they say it's uh, something... You're you're releasing DMT from the penile gland, and usually people do that when they think they're dying or, you know, when they have that near-death experience or when your body just, you know, is like, what the fuck is happening?
2: Yeah, I think that's what it... Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, no, go ahead.
2: I think that's what it was. I mean, uh, it's definitely... I, I got a message that I had to to get at that time, and I needed to receive that message. So I think it's similar to a DMT sort of release in where uh, it's like some kind of necessary uh, you know message that you're getting. So similar to something that might happen right before you die, you might receive some kind of last-minute information that you're supposed to have. You know what I mean? So, so definitely... Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, what I'm getting at, it was, I was close to having a near-death experience in the way in which I was living my life, you know, my lifestyle and, and the things I was doing. So it was almost a near-death experience, just moved up a, a few months. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely,
0: man. And, and I I totally agree with you, because, I mean, when, when reading, like, what you're going through and we know how you're living, like, not a lot of people live through that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
2: man. Uh, it's true.
0: Yeah, for that to happen and, and for, for people who are watching you, you know what I mean? And, and don't take that, you know, I'm glad that you took that seriously and that message, you know, seriously. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And that really was the message at for that situation that happened to me. The message to me that I got was that, and here was the, the other thing that happened. Um, not only did I have sort of this expanded perception or whatever, but I had a physical euphoria... That was like a hundred times anything that you could get from heroin or meth. And it was a natural feeling. And the feeling was like, the message to me was like, this is the feeling of, of just being connected to God. And this is something that uh, that is available to you if you just work towards this and you strive and you learn how to do this and you don't put these chemicals in your body. That was definitely the message that I got on that day
0: that's how i feel after you know my and i feel like now like i have dreams about taking drinking alcohol and it's just like i feel so regretful after the dream and it's just like man I'm like now i know that's a poison and and i look at it as a poison you know
2: yeah dude like a lot of times that's all really uh, it, it can be you know very helpful in helping us kick a habit is just an awareness of something like you look at it differently now you know and you see it as something else like I quit uh, smoking, and somebody said to me that uh, they just put it weird. They were like, You smoke, like, all these companies, uh, these car companies, are trying to figure out how to make like an eco friendly vehicle, and you're walking around smoking, <laughs> and you're built eco friendly. And that idea that just, you know, uh, smoking was kind of like, I, I stopped stressing on the fact that it was so uh, harmful physically. And I just focused on the fact that it was kind of like a stupid thing to do. You know what I mean? And that, and so it kind of just fell away. Um, and so that, uh, you know, ex- just that new idea that, that was, you know, uh, put in my uh, consciousness helped me quit. And, and I, it wasn't even really a, a, a you know, a big thing that I focused on. It was kind of like an accidental sort of realization. But yeah, so I, I see how that could... I'm glad that that happened for you because alcohol oh my god it's the worst and it's so it, it's it's really difficult because of how accessible it is and you know I would say that I don't even want to put a number on it but I you know it pains me to say a lot of people I know are alcoholics and they't they're not even aware they're alcoholics but it's so socially acceptable to go and have a few drinks everywhere and I know people that don't have a meal without two three four drinks and to me that's alcoholism.
0: I feel like that's the real gateway drug. you know they say like weed and stuff and it's like no that the gateway drug is the stuff that's allowed you know for, yes
2: for the definitely. and listen if if I were to have a, a, a relapse, God forbid, I have a feeling alcohol would be connected somehow because it lowers your inhibitions and it makes you do shit that you wouldn't normally do. So definitely for people in recovery like myself, it's definitely the the, the one thing that i I know I can't even flirt with because. You know, from time to time, I've had the um the the notion of hey, maybe I can have a beer or a shot and enjoy it moderate moderately, but I just know not to mess with it. And my recovery is like kind of too precious to me to piss away over a beer. You know, absolutely, man. No, it is, man. And, and you know, everything that we we fought for. You know, it's it's would the hates just go away with a drink? You know, so, totally, definitely. totally. And you know, I um. Um, yeah, I really, I'm not really, I don't really care what like people's thoughts or perceptions are about my sobriety. Um, like I know where, I, I know what my truth is, right? So, um, uh, I don't know how long it was, maybe, maybe about a year ago, somebody handed me a, um, a psilocybin, uh, chocolate bar and I had a couple of pieces of it. And, uh, I gotta say it put me in a great mood. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was tripping at all. And it didn't have any, I didn't get any of the, I didn't, you know, it definitely, I guess it was called a micro-dose. I guess that's what microdose is.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah, like, I mean,
2: when you say microdose, what does that mean? Like, you just eat, like, and when you take, when you take mushrooms, are you eating the actual mushrooms, like we used to when, when I was, uh, you know, <laughs> of mushroom age? <laughs> yeah,
0: so, right. Like, now, it's like, you see weed, how it was, and there's different strains, that's how a mushroom. Different strings, there's different strength.
2: Okay, um, and are you eating just actual uh, caps and stems, or is it like in a pill or something?
0: So what I do for, for my doses, I, I blend them in a coffee grinder and then I oh. uh, weigh them. Up. So like I do like 150 milligrams to like 250 milligrams. Oh, that's live. very good. A lot of people do like 300 milligrams, mm-hmm. but I like to do like smaller just so that you can more if you want to feel more like you go to a concert and you just want to feel like you just want to feel like you know like you take the edge off and have fun. Like, yeah, you like, just like,
2: want to register and then you also want to be careful not to you know jack your tolerance up Exactly. and definitely yeah. i don't know how what your usage is but you know as a uh, <laughs> as an experienced user of any and everything it's always good you got to take blackouts so two days on two days off two days on two days off Otherwise, your chemistry just builds up and, and the stuff doesn't even work on you anymore. So when you get it, yeah. when you grind it into a powder, then what, you make, put it in some tea or something like that?
0: So I put it in capsules or I'll oh, put okay. it like in my... Um, and then uh, there's a famous um, mycologist, Paul Samus. Uh, he's on like the Rogan show. And, and yeah, the
2: I, I, I know him. Yeah, I've, heard, I've seen him on there.
0: Yeah, so he talks about taking it with a stack. So like with Lion's Mane and Reishi and another ones. And, oh, okay. Just in, enhance like the so like the stress levels, the depression, and um, anxiety that it helps a lot with. Uh, but I usually just take a cap. I just take a cap in the morning, and then you know, I feel like I, you don't even think about it the whole day, but you just feel like you're in a better mood. And for me, the biggest thing is my decision making. Hmm. Like when I, any anything that I do now, like just either whether it be like grabbing a soda or you know what I mean, just I think about it and I think about what I'm putting into my body and it's just like... It's
2: like so it's you're, just more, like, you're more conscious about everything in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. That's, that's fantastic. I mean look, you're, it sounds to me like you're using it in the same way somebody would use like a Xanax and somebody goes to a doctor and gets prescribed a Prozac mm-hmm. or something you're just meti- you're figuring out a way to medicate yourself in a, in a much more holistic uh, way and I think that's fantastic.
0: Enemy treatments,
2: that yeah, I've heard. About, I've heard about that. I hear uh, that guy Neil Brennan talking about that stuff a lot. Um, you know, the Dave Chappelle writer. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, He talks about that a lot in his um, in his specials. You know, I mean, look at I. I feel like um, you know, obviously these these drugs are. I, I feel like we're put here for a reason. And I don't really feel like it's an accident, but you know, I was definitely. Um, you know, just, a, just a, an abu- Like, I've abused things my whole life. So, I feel definitely marijuana is a a, a, a drug that you take and, and it, it should, you know, open up your perception. But me, in my own life now, I strive to unlock all these chemicals without putting stuff in my body. So, that's just my zenith. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, like my goal. Because I know it's possible. Because I've felt this incredible... See they uh when I was in treatment they they showed us this video about this thing called the hedonic scale and it kind of measures like your your pleasure right so so no a, a guy on an average day this number is 60 that's his number if he's in a fantastic mood he just got a new job or he's fallen he's fallen in love that number is 100 if he's really depressed that number's like 40 if he does meth that number is 1200 so it's that's what you know we're 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 dealing with. It's like how do you get somebody to never want to feel 1200 again after they've felt 1200? It's almost impossible. It's like inevitable that relapse will occur. So what's really helped me is the experience that I had in knowing that I can I can reach these levels of euphoria and even go past what I where I was taking drugs. Um, without any external sub- substance. I mean, I think w- great, you know, what you're doing is fantastic. But I also think that um, you can get to where you're at and where you, where you want to be if you just take a little time to learn your system. Like, you know, when we do these drugs, like, like when you take a mushroom, you're not high because of the mushroom, you're high because the mushroom released a chemical in your brain so if we figure out like where these keys are like as if um you know our system had like a control panel when we figure out where the right keys are and when we can release these chemicals on our own then you know it's fantastic because we can microdose all day and it doesn't cost us any money yeah
0: that's true that's pretty interesting so what are some of the things that is that or what are some of the- yeah,
2: exactly. I learned uh, I learned a, a real ancient practice called the Shambhavi Mahamudra, and I learned it from this yogi named Sadguru, and he does a lot of work all over the world. He's really famous. He's on YouTube. I'm sure you, you've probably seen him on YouTube. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I went to a retreat where I learned this practice from him over a weekend, and um, I do it every morning. I really don't skip a day because it it, it is so good for me. So after like six months of doing this thing, I started waking up in the morning just with a joyful, in a joyful mood, dude. And it used to take me an hour to get out of bed. So I don't really know how it works. I mean, I've heard it explained and there's all kinds of scientific explanations for how it kind of rewires your energetic system and aligns your this body and that body. Um, So I'm not the best at explaining it. I just know that it worked. It worked for me. And you know, you can look at my before picture, and look at my after picture, and that's how I, I, I got here, so, you know, I, I just like to tell people about what, what worked, in case they're interested in, like, you know, helpful tools, so yeah, that would be the, the, the start point would be, um, like, there's this, uh, you know, there's this thing online called the Isha Kriya, and that's like the beginner first thing that you learn, so I would, yeah, dude, you know, I would investigate that, and, the Cool thing about this thing is it's co- completely um, subjective, really. So you do it, and if it works for you, you can you keep it up. If it doesn't, you just say, Fuck it. That's the best part of it, you know? No, that's awesome, man, because there,
0: there it is like something like I don't want to have to rely on anything. You know what I mean? Like you said, like, I want to wake up happy, you know what I mean? But yeah.
1: Like I was 220 pounds in sixth grade, so Mm -hmm. so like now that I look at back, like right now, like I
0: do, you know, that did mold me. You know what I mean? A lot of those things did mold who I was, and and do affect the way I I go through my normal day. So it's just like it's it's yeah, I definitely you know I'm 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 still working on myself too. So I think that that, I'm glad that. yeah there's
2: always you know room to evolve you know what I mean so I found in my life that really stagnant is like my enemy like whenever I'm stagnant in terms of like when I don't have a direction like my life is very much like a car if I get in and I don't have a destination I'm just driving around the streets I'm gonna crash into something but if I have a goal or something that I'm working towards then I get in and I'm just heading in that direction and just life seems to happen much more easily
0: right absolutely um so how long have you been doing this meditation
2: i've been on i've been doing this for three years already yeah and it's very much like you know it's like going to the gym and working your muscles like it takes time it's it's yeah it's a it's a thing that you develop you know it's kind of like It's kind of like learning, uh, learning to read, you know, we struggled with the alphabet for a long time before words and before we could read. So it takes time, it's not something that happens instantly, but I, you know, see a constant steady progression and, you know, to kind of put things in context, as far as that 1200 is concerned on the hedonic scale. I can close my eyes and in about 15 20 minutes I can get myself to around 5 or 600. Wow. Yeah, so I'm almost, you know, I'm I'm almost there and that 5 or 600 is way better than heroin was for me. Way better than meth was and it's a clean buzz because you know, I I am able to like reach euphoria but I'm not foggy, I'm alert. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not stoned out of my mind. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because, you know, our system, our intelligence, everything, we function at our best when we're in a good mood, when we're pleasant, right? Yeah. So it's definitely, uh, it's it's it has changed my life. That simple, that one simple practice that I started to do has, you know, changed my whole, Just, the, you know, just in terms of simple things like just gratitude, unfortunately, I had you know, through all the blessings that I had from the time I was five till twenty one, I really didn't appreciate. I kind of took things for granted, and I didn't appreciate everything. I had to lose everything in order to appreciate anything. Unfortunately, so, you know, Mother Nature has a way of, of evolving you. So, my advice would be to make her job easy on her, if that makes any sense
0: absolutely <laughs> uh, that, so what are what are things that, that, that you're working on now that um, like as far as like comedy stuff like that I mean, that's so exactly
2: I'm, what I'm working on man I have been for the last five or six months uh hitting the streets like doing open mics and going to like the hardest possible places to go and do stand-up um just to get good I want to get really good at it and um uh, I've never really focused on stand-up comedy. People have told me I should do it all my life, so I, I, I dove into it, and, you know, to be honest, the last time I did comedy, um, I really wasn't comfortable hanging out at the club for whatever reason. It's odd, because all the guys that would intimidate me over there, and I really didn't get along with, and I felt were mean to me, are all the guys that are famous now, like Ari Shafir, Joe Rogan, you know, the whole Joe Rogan crew. Those were the guys that were there, and like, and when I was twenty one, and I didn't get along with those guys, so I didn't really enjoy hanging out at the club. It's not that I didn't get along with them; I didn't know them from Apple, but they had like a um, uh, kind of like a um, a clique set up, and I wasn't in the clique, so it was just kind of uncomfortable for me. But now. Um, that I'm doing it, I guess I'm just older and the guys are just kind of nice to me. I guess maybe they see me as like the old guy. I don't know. But uh it's just a very supportive environment now. So I actually look forward very much to going and doing these little open mic gigs. That's interesting you
0: say that because I, I I watch, you know, I'm a big comment stand up and I watch like the Jill Tony because he's part of Joe Rogan's crew. Right, and that's and right. It's very
1: Yeah,
2: it's it's kind of like uh, par for the course. Like you have a couple of drinks before you get on stage just to kind of loosen up. When I before I was got sober, I had never gone on stage ever without being somewhat intoxicated ever. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I realized is that I'd never had. Any type of, like, intimate encounter with a female or sex or anything without being totally fucked up. Ever. Not once have I had, like, a sober sex or anything like that. Never. That's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. That is. That is. Yeah. Like, when you're talking about, like, the 1600s, like, yeah, like, having sex on Molly. She's one thing because you're never going to get
2: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am here to tell you, you can get there. It just takes a little work. But you believe me, right? I mean, it makes sense that this stuff is inside of you, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, like I know. you can no. listen to them talk about, uh, like, you know, marijuana studies where they they the, the scientists figured out that it, this, you know, it's uh there's a receptor in our brain that's just waiting for us to activate it. And uh, I'll give you a little taste of some Isha Foundation like yoga shit. Do you know how they say you can activate these THC receptors? You know how you do it? You maintain a, the emotion of joy for a prolonged period of time. And these things will activate. They will automatically light up. But that's how you activate them. That's how you basically uh, decalcify your pineal gland. Mind you, everything I'm telling you is all stuff I'm regurgitating. None of these, these are, none of these are my ideas, but that's how you decalcify your pineal gland. And I believe it. I kind of believe that because when I've done like you know sustained uh, exercises and that uh, on that path, I feel things happening. You feel a change. I mean, if you concentrate, if you close your eyes and just point your chin upwards, you tilt your chin upwards. And if you just kind of make yourself sensitive, you'll notice a pressure building up right where your third eye is. And if you focus on it, you'll actually feel it. You'll feel that thing throbbing. And the more you do that, the more it's like, you know, doing curls. The more you do that, the stronger it gets. And that's for sure. That's not a myth. I mean, that's stuff I've been doing and working on. That's pretty interesting,
0: because I, I honestly, i I'm
2: And the emotion of joy. Have you ever heard of that one before?
0: Well, I know, I know. Like you know, just if you just put a smile on your face and you're happy, like you'll be happy.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, that works. It actually does. When you smile, it actually messes with the, your the, the chemistry in your in your body. Crazy. Crazy.
0: Some sort of help
2: but. yeah well it's great because it showed you what's available that's what I, that's my point it, it's it is it's it helped you see what's possible and it got you out of that um, situation so now that you know what's possible now you can figure out how to how to uh, attain it but without the um, you know I don't, I'm not trying to downplay the psilocybin practice at all it's a it's a fantastic step down it got you off the bottle, so, you know, and it's working wonders for you as sort of a mood stabilizer and antidepressant. So, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I I just don't know, um, some people um, in the Los Angeles area, there's a discussion about, um, you know, what new um, treatments are can, can be used and are gonna be effective. Unfortunately, with the treatment, uh, industry, I, I, I'm afraid to report it's all corrupt. I don't think that they want to implement any useful uh, practices because their business is in the treatment; it's not in the cure. Right. So, I don't know. It's it's hard to sit back and let the field determine. Um, the, it's hard to let the treatment you'll determine uh you know how the way things are going to go because i don't know that they're that trustworthy so it's, it's very important that guys like you are doing the kind of work that you're doing and having these kinds of discussions to to move the bar so i applaud you getting in there and being a soldier for these kinds of things
0: absolutely no, and and it's really just breaking the stigma. You know what I mean? Like I I, I hate when I'm, I'm trying to have like educated talks about like mushrooms with people, and they're just like you know they shut you down right away. So it's really just letting people know that it it is a something out there. Just like the meditation, anything spiritual. I mean, it should be out there. Because um, you said, I mean, so when you say you're you were not, a you, gotta person, say,
2: you gotta say you gotta say to you can't say mushrooms. Because you gotta say psilocybin. Because when you say yep. mushrooms, they picture Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo band. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> so when you say you're you an atheist and you're not an atheist, I mean, do you still do you believe in just like a spirituality, or do you actually believe in like um, a religion? I just believe in
2: this thing that I experienced, which was it would seemed like I was touching God, and how could I? The best way I could uh, describe it would be it was like. Uh, infinite intelligence had sex with infinite love. So I got that feeling of, I was uh, witnessing uh, a force that was infinite intelligence and infinite love at the same time. And that's what I would uh, describe God as, as I had experienced it. Awesome, man. Well, cool. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I, I definitely, this
1: was awesome, man. I, I, I I want to
0: see if you have any funny stories from, from Heavyweights, man. one of my
2: favorite movies. <laughs> oh, man, I got so many funny stories from Heavyweights. Well, the main funny story from Heavyweights uh, having to do with this topic of debate is that was like the first bong load I ever took, like just regular bong load. And uh, like an idiot, I took it at 9 o'clock in the morning on a day where I had to shoot a fucking movie scene. Like, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just do it on like a Friday night or something? You know? Why? I didn't know what it was going to do to me, right? Because I had maybe taken, like, a puff or two off a joint before, and it didn't really do much, you know? But let me tell you, this bong hit, bro, shook my world. And I had to show up and shoot this movie set. And I would, bro, let me tell you something. It was, like, so surreal. It was like being in a dream, you know, that, like, that feeling. <laughs> You're stuck in a dream. So I, and everyone else knew, all the other kids knew that I was stoned off my ass. Um, and they were just kind of giggling about it, and I was just like, I hope nobody finds out about this. was the major vibe, you know, because I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. And uh, I can look back at that movie, I'm not going to tell you what scene it is, but I can see the scene and be like, oh my god, there it is. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have to talk. Otherwise, oh man, it would have been, <laughs> it would have been smoke in the city, man. Luckily. Josh. You're welcome, man. It was a nice nice chat. I had a fun time chatting with you. And, you know, hit me up if you want to continue this conversation at some point. Absolutely.
0: No, we definitely will, man. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome, Andrew. I'll talk to you later, bud.
0: All right, Sean. Thank you. All right. You too.